Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratchy Track Podcast presented by the Dune Grimm Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-T. I am the dude. And I am Grimm, and today we are going to talk about some songs from The Big Chair by Tears for Fears. So, dude, I... Dude. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Where do you even want uh, to start? Uh, I was just going to say, you know, I probably wasn't as familiar with this as a whole album. I think growing up, it's something that I think my dad had like the CD and had greatest hits. But the funny thing about it, man, is like a lot of the songs on this album are on the greatest hits. Yeah, like, yeah at least four of yeah. them, right? I, I believe so. I mean, dude. Six of the eight songs were released as singles. I mean, that's yeah. kind of badass. <laughs> yeah, it it is. And there's there's a lot of things I was thinking about this. Now, I was introduced to this. I mean, I knew the, the singles, right? And especially, um, you knew Shout. You knew Everybody Wants to Rule the World because we grew up in the 80s. Um, yeah. I have to say, I don't think I really knew Head Over Heels as much until Donnie Darko. Which that yeah, that yeah. that scene, and I think we talked about this and something else. You, it's like you cannot separate that scene from the song anymore. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, and the the one thing that I didn't know. I mean, I know we're just like jumping into sort of the tracks a little bit here, uh-huh. but I also did. I, I also didn't know that like broken uh, the Tears for Fears version. Yeah, I was going to um, say was, not the Nine Inch Nails version. Just no, making sure. Okay. Very, very different. Yeah, if you're looking these up track by track, make sure you get the Tears for Fears version. Otherwise, you might be disappointed. But maybe you'll really dig it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I yeah, when I started listening to that song and you kind of hear some of the part, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. But maybe we'll we'll wait. Yeah, till yeah, we'll songs. save some of that. Songs now, for that. But go ahead. I was just going to say... I, um, I, I, I have not done my proper due diligence and or homework and really got into the hurting as much, but I know no. that, that this was, you know, um, I don't know if I, if I want to say a bit of a departure from that, but I think they were trying to do something a little different. They were, uh, I, I, that was my understanding is they, I don't think it was just them. I think the record company, they were definitely pushing them to to be a little more um, mainstream, to have a little more, I think, of a big guitar sound is kind of what what I was uh, reading. And, um, you know, they definitely do that on some of these tracks, but you do get a variety of of sounds on these tracks, too, I would say. Dude, you do. And honestly, there are a couple... I guess more than one song, and maybe we'll get into these more when we talk about the songs, but there's more than one where I think if you had a dictionary entry that said, like, the recording sound of the 80s, like, <laughs> it, this this is, this is it, it so perfectly characterizes it, like some of Phil Collins stuff, and I, I mean, it just, uh, everything about it, and one of the things that I wanted to touch on that was kind of a bummer for me is I was hoping to be able to find out some of the instruments they used on this because there were some interesting things that got introduced into uh, the mainstream is the wrong word, but I'm just, I'm just going to say like, like 
recording spaces and professionals at that time that were like a big deal. And some of the stuff that I hear on this album reminds me of that. Um, so I, I guess this is probably as good a time as any to tell people, uh, if you know this album, like this album, please go ahead and like subscribe and comment um, below. because I would really like to know if there's anything, you know, about some of the instruments that were used, uh, any recording techniques. I just was not able to find a lot about it. Yeah, unfortunately, for such a kind of a classic album, there's not there's not as much information out there as is, um, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't scour the Internet by any means. But, um, you, you know, I was hoping for, yeah. for, 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 a, for a little more. So if there's like a documentary or anything out there about Tears for Fears, I listened to it, a few you know, interviews. That'd be great. And it was more yeah. like about the process than anything technical. And one thing that I did like, and I can't remember um, exactly who said it, but um, he said that uh, it, it becomes kind of cliche for people to like not not be appreciative or not really like something that they just put out because they're working on something new. And as much as that can irritate the fans, um, his point was from the artist's perspective, you have to do that as a new form of creativity so that you don't recreate what you did before. And I I thought that was a really poignant line. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) and you've definitely seen uh, when some bands do do that because you get the same shit over and over and over again um, where it's like. Yeah, it is cool when you see a band and they're like, okay, hey, we got this album out. And that's why I think we're kind of big into albums, too, is it like it kind of marks a certain sound or time and place. And then, you know, and then there's the next one and the next one. And you can kind of see the progression of that yeah. um, in, in the in the artist's work. And, you know, you yeah, you just have an understanding of, oh, that's what they were doing at this time. And then they moved and did this and this. And those are the types of bands I think we kind of gravitate to yeah. a little more. And and. But it's interesting with a with a band like this because although I mean I think this is a really good album, um, awesome album. I it, it, they're not one of those bands that to me I would gravitate toward in the same way as some of the others. And I didn't hear about this like I, I was saying until I was adult. And there was a guy that I was recording some albums with, Greg, and he he was like, "Dude, you got to listen to songs for the big chair." Like from the big chair the whole album and i did yeah. and i was kind of you know you're like i i get it it is like you put that up there with like some peter gabriel albums and some other stuff and like dude. that is the sound of the 80s dude the, um the one that really reminds me of and i know we have huge fans out there um we got a lot of fans from talking about this band but depeche mode right mm. um this this a lot of the instrumentation or orchestration uh, has that similar feel and sound. Like I really feel like they're they're in the you know they're playing in the same house. Um, yeah, you know I what hear I mean. what you're saying. Um, and there, and, and one thing is, one thing is that when I you know, and we said this I think with Depeche Mode, but there were a few times within this Tears for Fears album that um, the band that really jumped out and stuck out to me, that is the modern day band uh, was, was nine inch nails. Like there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
some instruments and little things dude, going on in the background. And I'm like, dude, that. Yeah, that it, it's it's like the predecessor for that because it's kind of mm-hmm. like early electronic music. I mean, MIDI had come out and see, and this is where I was kind of going is I, I recently was listening to this podcast um, and they were talking about this synthesizer called the Fairlight CM1, I believe. And that meant like computer music or something, but dude, it was it was this keyboard thing from the eighties, and it had the the freaking five and a quarter floppy disks that you put in for samples, oh, and it would nice. sample it on the keyboard, and you could play it, you know. Wow. And this is like pre Casio, like this thing where I have here, where I can just be like sample, sample. Yeah, and it just sample. But this was this was like pre that stuff, and everything was on a computer, and they had this pen you could select it with, and you could make beats. And like one of the the biggest '80s sounds that I can't get over is you know that orchestra hit that's like you hear it so many times in this album. I mean, it it just sounds like a full orchestra just hitting it once one (laughs) note real quick. It's such the 80s sound, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, it's one of those things. I think some people probably look back on that a little bit and, yeah, I, I do think in general, it's a generational thing, but people will look back on the 80s and sort of like how cheesy things are, or like oh, how yeah. people dress and their hair and everything. But but then there's there's a certain romanticism to it Dude, as well, right? It's, it's nostalgia, I mean, it's, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and But you just need time for it to become nostalgic, right? Yeah. Because like in the 90s, when we were kids, like that was not cool. No, right? no. Like it, 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 it wasn't, not for us. But now we're like, that's badass. But I'm going to get into some things on this album maybe a few not like a whole lot but uh that kind of defied the time in a way at least as to what was cool because in the 80s what was cool was like electronic drums that look like hexagons or octagons and you know like synthesizers and like not a lot of kind of organic instruments that had this this natural warmth. Yeah, everything had this enormous space. You know, it just yeah. dude, yeah. gated yeah. reverb. Do I need to say more? Gated reverb. I I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't I don't think so. But so. what we probably do need to say is, hey man, let's since we didn't have a lot of information out there, yeah, like we were saying earlier, let us know as you go. He goes, oh he yeah, the cat. yeah. Uh, let us know uh, if there is more information out there and uh, just a good place to to check it out for uh, because I'd love to know more about just you know this. Uh, this was their second studio album. Came out in ninety uh, in eighty. Sorry, in nineteen eighty five. Um, and I mean, dude, for a sophomore release. Pretty solid, man. Dude. A lot of people talk about the sophomore slump. Like this ain't it. No, no. This is basically like you just made your, uh, you know, almost your greatest hits album. Yeah, but it much. just happens to be a regular album that you made, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm ready to get into the uh, tracks. If, if you are grim, yeah, I would say? say so, dude. Okay, I would say so. Okay, well, dude, the, the biggest song, one first, dude. Shout. Um. Yeah, this is one that I had, uh, you know, big hit, definitely knew growing up. Um, and I just think uh, it it has such a, you know, it 
it's a big sound. It's a powerful sound. Oh yeah, you know, lyrically, lyrically, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but the uh, you know, it, to me, it just has such a big feel. And it, his vocal, yeah, his vocals, their their vocals, really good. That's what resonates with me, man. Just just the way is yeah. Oh, now great. I guess um, I read something that they compared it to like kind of the the huge like vocals on like Hey Jude. And stuff where they did the uh, shout, yeah. you know, and they, it yeah. sounds like it's it's really big um, doing it, which which I thought was was really cool. But did you yeah. also read? And I believe it's this song that is actually kind of about primal scream therapy. And is it? Do you Whoa. know about that with John Lennon? Yeah, John and, Lennon, dude. Yes. That. Yeah. I mean, Cold Turkey, right? Yes. That's what he's doing and, Cold and Turkey. Yeah. Actually, probably in more than one spot on that album. I mean, dude, Yoko has been doing it for years. Oh so. yeah, she <laughs> basically mastered it and wrote the book. That, yeah, but she did. So. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because uh, a lot of it, I, I guess, it talked about like a lot of it kind of relates to like these these things that you had no control over that were kind of instilled in you as a child and being able to like get past that which is interesting yeah i think uh, i think a lot of that well, at least as far as it goes with john lennon goes has to do with his his upbringing his mom i think passed away when he was at a very uh, very young age. So yeah. I think that's where like, you know, people, some of those intense emotions, that's where, that's where some of that comes, uh, comes up from. Yeah. Now, dude, I don't know if you read this, but I found this to be very interesting, dude. There are at least 15 different versions slash remixes of this song that have officially been released under their name. Wow. Yeah. I did not now, know that. I, I think they did different radio versions. I think they did. Um, well, yeah, because dude, the, the versions over six minutes long on the album. I mean, they had to yeah, cut that down for right. the radio. It just had to. Yeah, and I, I think they did different versions for the music videos. Um, so yeah, definitely. And then I think there's like a dub version somebody did. And, oh, I, uh, I would yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I did say something earlier about sort of there's I heard a lot of like Nine Inch Nails influence in certain certain parts. I mean, I mean, there's there's obviously a large difference. But, dude, in the middle of this song, there is a a breakdown that reminds me of the end of Closer when it's like, "Eh, eh, 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 eh," you know, right at the end of Closer when it picks up and stuff. Yeah, um, dude, there's like a breakdown in the middle of this song that that has that. And uh, I was just like, wow, man, that's dude. I, I loved it. There's a part where where the Hammond organ comes in and they kind of switch the Leslie and it goes fast and slow. And it's it's a brief little thing. But it's interesting because at this time, that instrument was in no way like en vogue. I mean, nobody cared about <laughs> right. the Hammond organ. Like everyone had want, they wanted like the Roland DX7, or you know, like whatever the sure. hottest synth was. Like was, nobody cared yeah. about that kind of stuff. So I thought it was yeah. interesting that they threw it in. Definitely. No, I think that is cool. Um, so I think we move on to track number two, yep. the Working Hour, uh, which is a stark contrast to uh, to shout to say um, the least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, it comes at very jazzy. You got this sax intro. Um, and there's even, I couldn't tell if it was a harp or if there's a synth sounding like a harp. Yeah, probably. I, 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 you know, so, but anyways, the there's Fairlight a sound CM1. like that. Yeah. And it is, I mean, 
when I was actually listening to the album, because this is the I think one of two songs that was not released as a single oh, on the album. Figure. So yeah. So I wasn't really as familiar with this song. And part of me was like, wait, did it did it like do I have this on shuffle? Did it yeah. like jump to a different album of you know something yeah. like that? So I it's something I had to actually check. Um, you know, something I actually had to check about the song is was it on the MacGruber soundtrack? <laughs> because in all oh. honesty, dude, when I listen to the beginning of it and it comes in with like the synth and the saxophone, like I pictured that scene where like MacGruber's the shadow playing the it's, sax. It's the I mean, credit scene. Yeah. yeah oh, it's so good. I, I mean, I, I actually looked and verified that it was not. And, and I, in all honesty, I thought to myself, like, how is it not? I, I don't really know. It? How am I not myself? How am I not? Yeah, and I I will say, like, um, you know, the uh, again, something they do and kind of do throughout this album, and I guess maybe it was sort of an 80s 80s thing, too. The vocals are just so full, man. Oh, yeah. so full. They're right there. Huge space. uh, Space behind it. Dude, exploring Mm. the shit out of the space. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so anyways, uh, that's kind of my take on that track. Um, Everyone, track number, everybody yeah, wants to rule everybody the world. Everybody wants to, to rule the world. Now, this is a uh, Is uh, this the biggest hit? I think. <sighs> I, I, Dude, I don't know. That's tough, man. I know, because really, Shout's I mean, pretty big. Shout, and um, here's the thing with Shout, man. You want to know the, the image? I don't want to go back too far, but what I really think of, I can think of like that song being played in the gym, like in the 80s, and oh, just these yeah. dudes are on these Nautilus oh, machines. That, dude, they're just, just like throwing iron around, just like, yeah. yeah. Dude, just let it all out. Just let yep. it all out. Just shout, you know, and you know, just getting swole. But um, everybody, who, everybody wants to rule the world probably wouldn't be played in, in the gym. Um this one actually at least is, not back to um, back not back to back um this one actually I, I feel like they they change it up a little bit with sort of the big sound yeah. of like a song like shout or anything and the space sort of behind the voice I they sing it just differently yeah um so um yeah man I this could be it was the third single and I think the first single in the U.S. in this song really, oh, really put them on the map. Really put them on the map here. That's I believe I read that correctly. Wow. Um, I'm sure super fans will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it Please was do. it was a big one, a big one in the U.S. and, hmm. and really put them on the map. So um, it was originally written though, dude. Is everybody wants to go to war? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, exactly. So, huh? There you go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mother's mm-hmm. Talk, dude. Yeah, they do. Mother's Talk. Now, this is the first single, um, fourth in the U.S. And that's I, I interesting to me. One, it yeah. wouldn't have been my choice for the... Like, dude, Shout is such an... You could easily cut a single-length version, which I'm absolutely sure they did, of oh, Shout. I'm sure one of the 15. And, and that's... Yeah. And that's the single. I don't know how this was number one. Just just saying. I'm yeah. not going to throw out a WTFITS, but I'm close. Right. Um, well, it was interesting because so they did actually. I don't know if you were able to watch any of the music videos. Very, very eighties music videos. Yeah. Um, but uh, so this song actually had three different videos shot for it. The first one they kind of just didn't like, and the second one this this guy his name is Nigel Dick. Um, he did the first one, 
and uh, or I'm sorry, he did the second one. And then when they did a U.S. like remix release, they did a separate video for that one as well. So mm. uh, and he did he did both of those. Now, um, what's his name? Roland uh, or Zabel? T-Flag Pfizer. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he actually said or admitted he to uh, I don't know, to a, a news um, uh, newspaper or magazine or whatever. He just said that it was an uh, unsuccessful attempt to sound like the talking heads. Now, oh, wow. For that, was for that song? For that song, because I didn't hear that. No. There's another song that I do hear that, uh, and, and I'll talk about that actually in a little bit later. I think um, I... But not not this song for me. Okay. That's that's so. interesting. So uh, um, flip the record, man. Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a short one, so we're going to side two. I mean, um, all the songs, I, or I most of them other than Broken, are pretty long. They are, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. uh, I believe. But uh, yeah, I believe. I believe I can fly. You know the the one thing that I don't understand about I believe is at the end of it when he mm-hmm. has that line where he talks about like a casino and people start clapping. I don't remember that. Oh, it's in there. It's kind of weird. I don't. Oh, no. Oh. 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 No. No. Sorry. 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 Yes. Okay. This is why. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. This is what happened, dude. So I believe, Grim, that this was actually um, taken from a live recording. It was like a live re-recording. There was something. It didn't make sense from everything I was reading because it sounds really good. Yeah. Um, but that's but that's where when the people start clapping, that is from a live recording, apparently. So mm. I thought that was a little a little strange myself. Yeah. Um, and and so please. Let us know because I was subscribing. Oh yeah, like like the wiki page for this song, and it was just it was just kind of strange um, how they how they described it in that it was like I think a live recording. Um, well, from I, the show. Yeah, the I'm only thing I was sure. gonna say is if you're talking about like head over heels into broken, which we'll get to into broken. That's yeah, we will. Also, um, yeah. So well, the, this song I believe does kind of flow right into to broken, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, not the Nine Inch Nails version. Not the Nine Inch Nails yeah. version. Um, well, dude, the interesting thing about Broken is it was actually, I believe, pre- previously recorded as a standalone B side for uh, a song called Abyss uh, Place Place Shelter. I don't know if that's right because I have a feeling I got hmm. autocorrect on my okay. notes. But um, but a, a song that was on their their uh, first album. This was actually a B-side. Now, they re- re- they recorded a different studio version for this album of it. I, I believe that's kind of okay. what the deal is. But see, here's here's what I really like about this. Now, there we could a- honestly do an offshoot segment, which in the old days we would have, but no one would have listened to, called like, um, the songs have to go together or something like that. Dude, Heartbreaker yes. into Living, Love, and Made. I mean, I mean dude... This this is like that. The way Broken goes into Head Over Heels and then Broken Reprise, but that's a live version. I, I really like right. that. I think that yeah. is such a cool idea that I don't think anyone else has ever done. Well, and I think how they um how how they described it was I you know, I think they had broken and head over heels 
sort of evolved from that because in Broken you hear the motif, right? Oh, absolutely! Keys, I was going to say that they and, tease it with that, and then yeah. and then they have that that end line. It's funny how time flies, time which flies. it, it yep. goes it, from both of them, which I think is so cool. Well, and and here's the thing: I had no idea that because um, I had heard Head Over Heels. And I probably had it on a greatest hits or whatever I was listening to. So I just knew like I, I didn't know it had this kind of tease and yeah, this yeah. flow going right into it. But I I, I mean, dude, it's so you awesome. this dude, this song alive has got to be badass because oh. it's got to be a long, like amazing version. Because, you know, there's just those parts in there, especially with the the really like the guitar playing yeah, and stuff, yeah. that I bet, dude, I bet they could just go off, man. Yeah. I bet it's pretty badass. I agree. So. Um, if you've seen it, let us know because I think it would be. Let us know. So it's time to know. Yeah. Uh, head, head, so and then obviously it goes into head over heels, um, which, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is their most popular song or off the album. I know we talked about that. Is this your favorite oh, Tears for Fear song? Without yeah. question. But to me, it's got to be the whole sequence. It's got to be broken into head over heels. That goes into broken into, reprise. Back into broken. Yeah, reprise. I, dude. Yeah. It, it just that yeah. is such an awesome sequence. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm listening to the album, I would rewind that two or three times. Oh yeah, I say rewind right. like uh, you can't just skip back. But anyways, but, but, you know yeah. what I mean. Be kind, rewind. Well, and and dude, like you were saying um, earlier, like again, I, I think I had heard this song, but. When I watched Donnie, Donnie Darko, you really listened when, to it. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Yeah. But it's cool, man. So the director of Donnie Darko, Richard Kelly, he said that the scene, uh, that kind of slow motion yeah, scene, yeah. and everything, cool. he was like, it, "Yeah," he said it was specifically choreographed to this song. And I was just like, "Man, that's that's pretty cool." I believe um, it. It's, it's so perfect. It's probably, it, it's probably one of my favorite. Like song montages in, oh, in any movie, I, you know. Dude. I I put it up there with a uh, Sister Christian scene in, oh, in Boogie Nights, dude. That's yeah. which is just in, in, incredible. Um, but it's, I mean, this is definitely top five song to scene. Yeah, um, uh, you know, in 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 any movie for me, that's for sure. Or what's the one, final track? Uh, what position uh, my what? position was in? <laughs> from uh, Lebowski, from, yeah, from Lebowski. Yeah, th- that's th- a pretty, like, that's a pretty good of, scene. I just dropped in to see start, what position my to, position. Like it's like the yeah, acid flesh, but with yeah. with Saddam, oh, yeah. with Saddam yeah. Yeah. in his bowling shoes. That's a good one. It is a good one. So, dude, um, listen. I I I honestly listen. think it, it's kind of a weird song. I I mean, let's face oh, it. It is more very. It weird. might be more eighties than anything, dude. If there was a song named 80s, this would still be more 80s than it. But, dude, there's something about at the end that I really like when they're like, I'm a job, I'm a job, I'm a Yeah. <laughs> dude, here's the thing, though. This is the song that I was like, you know what? This, to me, is very Talking Heads. Like, sort of. The, I, the, okay. I, I, I kind of re- figured you would say that. Yeah. Um, because... Um, I forget where the Talking Heads. Where did they go to to do Remain in Light? Where they were cut, like two of the members were married and was they wanted Jamaica? to get away. And oh, gosh, was it? I don't. I, I want to say it was like the Dominican. Maybe uh, I I forget. Um, I forget. If you guys know, let us know. Please go um, back to that episode after you go ahead. Yeah, like, subscribe, and comment below. Yes. Um, but this really reminded me of that. Yeah. Sort of, 
Yeah, you know, I can see the heads kind of. But just it's just head. happier. Yeah, yeah. And, and a yeah, little bit of yeah, Koyanis yeah. Katsi too, because the lyrics Dude, are got the spacey, chuma 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 chuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, just happier. So, happy, happy. All right. This is the point in the album, folks, where we we don't like to do it, but we got. But do we it. have to. Yeah. We, I think we got to scratch it with like a a chair. How about that? Oh yeah, the leg of a chair. Yeah, the leg of a sharp chair. little so. leg. Okay. So we got to pick our song, Grim. I, I think uh, I'm going to put you on the team, my friend. Oh man. Well, I don't. I'm typically not a betting man. I don't make enough to just you know toss it away. But um, if I were to bet, there's a big part of me that's would say, go ahead and ring the overtime buzzer because I'm scratching. I believe. Whoa. No. Oh no! Reversal. Uh, I I gotta make yeah. a sound effect for that now. Um, so, okay. So, so so tell give me give me uh give me some insight. Give me your reasoning for for scratching. I believe. Um. Okay. Well, dude. Okay. I to me it was between I believe and the working hour because listen is too trippy. Like for the reasons we just talked about, I can't scratch listen because it's just such a interesting way to go into something after broken to head over heels to broken. I mean that that's such sure. an awesome sequence. Yeah. So between the two of those, um, when I listen to the working hour, I'm I'm filled with smiles because I think about MacGruber, even though it's not on the soundtrack. That's where my mind goes. So I want to keep that because I just want to picture him playing the sax, like <laughs> standing on his Miata, you know, when he pulls out like his Blaupunk stereo. Mugruber. Yeah, dude. He's a fucking genius. genius. MacGruber. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So what's, Works. so what's yours? Okay. Uh, well, so the reason, uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, my, my counter to I believe is I, I do like the, I, I do like starting the second side. I think it's I, I do the way the intro is. I, I think it's a good way to okay. start the second side. I accept you know, and on record on records. You got to flip on a CD. I might be inclined to agree with you, though. Just saying. Interesting point. Know. Yeah. But the medium uh, you know, of I'm our generation. Go, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with the one that you would have gone with the working hour. Um, MacGruber aside, oh. um, I just think to me it is just it 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 stands out on the album. I I just it is it does. so just like it does jazzy and saxophone. Like it's just it's it's to me it's a little much. Well, it is. it's just a little much. That's and I'm fair. Sure it some people off, but no, and yeah. I can't disagree with your point. But I will say something from MacGruber when. Um, Kristen Wiig is dressed up as MacGruber going into the coffee like shop. So, so, dude, MacGruber would never do that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when she was like, oh, you, you just look really pretty. <laughs> dressed up as me. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, all right. Who's got the celery? Yeah. Um, well, dude, yeah. I, I guess with that, I, yeah. Not what I expected, I that, but I uh, get it. 
Songs from the Big Share is officially scratched. Now, everyone, let us know below like, subscribe, what track you would scratch if you had to. Yeah. It's just how we play. Also, let us know your favorite track on the album. Like, I mean, there's uh, there's some good ones, man. Like, some really, really good ones. So, I think, uh, you know, that's a, war- a warranted explanation as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. So, with that, right. it's time to go. It is time to go. The Dude and Shrimp. Scratch a track is produced by The Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore, that's dot 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 M-O-R-E, and the Tims, T-I-M-N-Z. Copyright 2022, The Dude and Grim Show. <laughs>